Hello, everyone, and welcome, and thanks for joining us. Um, Phil Lawrence, welcome to another episode of The Wyatt Sharp Show. Uh, today, we have my local MP, uh, as well as the Shadow Minister for National Revenue, Phil Lawrence, jo joining us. Thank you, Phil. Thank you. Pleased to be here, and uh, it's uh, great to be uh, with another uh, Orono neighbor there, um, perhaps one of the greatest towns in all of our country there. Absolutely. Uh, so, so far, I've been asking everyone uh, who I'm lucky enough to get the chance to interview about why they got involved in politics. So uh, why did you get involved and when did you get started? I, uh, I got involved involved actually quite uh, quite young, a little bit older than I think uh, you are, Wyatt. But uh, how old are you, Wyatt? You're... 11. 11, yeah. So probably actually not far off. I, I think I was around 12 or 13 when I started getting involved. Um, I just got uh, really interested in how government works and how freedom really works in that we see that there were, were countries in the world where people had freedom to pursue their dreams, uh, freedom to, to, uh, to, to worship who they wish to worship, freedom to say what they want to say. And uh, it, was that, it was that belief and that strength of freedom. And also uh, around that time, uh, yeah, those back uh, before your time, Wyatt, when uh, the Berlin Wall was uh, was falling, and uh, we saw the end of the the Soviet Union and the repression uh, and the terrible, terrible uh, restrictions and, um, and challenges that they, they that government faced on their people, and so seeing uh, seeing freedom emerge during that time, uh, during sort of my form formative political years, uh, was critical, and uh, that inspired me to want to be involved, uh, and uh, I've been involved ever since now at 42 years of age. 30 years later there. All right. Uh, so along the same lines as um, the first question, have you always had right wing conservative views or is it something that um, maybe your family didn't have, but you transitioned into once you started kind of developing your own beliefs? You know, I would say my my family was uh, sort of centrist uh, uh, political thinkers, and uh, not uh, particularly right wing or left wing. My my mom was actually a union leader for the supply teachers, and so um, had some experience, I guess, on, on that side. Traditionally, more of a left wing, but uh, I just, just sort of followed my uh, my brain and followed my heart. When you looked at, uh, yeah, to me, it was quite clear. You saw the contrast between um, the 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 free world and Canada and Australia and the United States, United Kingdom, and the prosperity and the freedom and the happiness those people enjoyed versus when we contrast that to then the Soviet Union and the repression, the poverty, uh, the restriction of human rights. And uh, to, to, and uh, I continue to believe that to this day. And uh, although sometimes those messages are demagogued uh, by people on the left, it, they, if you actually look at the facts, it's fairly clear. Uh, and history will no doubt say that uh, those on the conservative and right side of the spectrum were right. Okay, great. Um, my next one is for people who don't know what the title of Shadow Minister of National Revenue is, would you care to explain to them what it is? Yeah, so uh, uh, of course the government has to collect money to in order to pay for the important services that we all depend on, like healthcare, etc. Um, and so a part of that is having the Canada Revenue Agency. The Canada Revenue Agency is in charge of collecting uh, collecting those funds. It's my job as the uh, Shadow Cabinet Minister for National Revenue um, to be a, a constructive critic to the Canada Revenue Agency and making sure that they are treating Canadians fairly um, and. That, uh, that they're doing everything to, to their best of their ability um, to collect those dollars in a fair uh, and uh, competitive and, uh, and si as simple way as possible. Okay, um, so your leader Aaron O'Toole has made clear your party's position on the carbon tax under, a, under an O'Toole government 
how quickly would the carbon tax be scrapped or and would it be something that all of a sudden it's not there or would it be more of something that lowers as time goes on and then eventually just disappears yeah, it's a great question, Wyatt, and we'll see that uh, we'll see that as as Aaron uh, and our uh, leadership team uh, pulls out and puts together our uh, our climate change program, which I, I think that all Canadians will be impressed by as to how that works. I can tell you that the carbon tax as it currently stands is 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 really hurting Canadians, um, and the fat and then now Liberal promises to triple or even quadruple that. Then we add the clean fuel standards on on behalf of that. We are going to call a significant increase in the necessities of life. Things like food and uh, and fuel and heating your homes uh, will all go up in price. And and our economy, quite frankly, can't bear it right now. We we are we are in the second wave of the pandemic. Small businesses are going out of business uh, way too often and way too quickly. Uh, we need to focus on getting the economy back working. And to uh, once this pandemic is over, um, getting our, our economy back open safely. And absolutely. And as you mentioned, um, it could triple, quadruple up to $150 a time, maybe, if not more, which um, is concerning. Um, and, it, and it's going to make life less affordable. So concerning to think about. Uh, my next one is a lot of people keep asking why small businesses can't be open. When Marilyn Glad you came on the show, uh, she said uh, that she would only support lockdowns if they were uh, fact and evidence-based lockdowns and not really a lockdown um, just because that's what we did in the first wave and it kind of worked to lower the cases. Would you uh, agree with that statement? Yeah, I, well, Marilyn's an engineer and and uh, and I think one of the brightest parliamentarians we have. So rarely do I disagree with uh, with uh, with Marilyn, and I think she's right on here as well. We need to be science based, and uh, we need to be focusing on how the lockdowns actually help. And we need governments to be open and transparent and share with us why the actions uh, they're taking. It's, I mean, if you contrast that uh, on the federal level, we still don't really understand uh, when the vaccines will hit, why the vaccines were so delayed here, uh, getting them to the provinces. Uh, we need uh, we need governments that have the highest level of transparency during these difficult times, because if we're asking Canadians why to make incredible sacrifices, the least the government can do is share with the why. Okay, um, so in relation to my previous question, uh, when small businesses suffer and they're forced to shut down, um, based on the fact that stores can only accommodate a very limited number of shoppers. Well, stores like Walmart, Costco, and other big box stores are allowed to be open at 50% capacity, plus big lines outside, and they're also making ref uh, record profits. When is, it, when is it time for the Trudeau government and the different provincial governments to finally put an end to this? Yeah, so what uh, you're absolutely right. Small business owners have been been hurt and they've been hurt badly. And uh, you, you you know why uh, we both live in, like I said, in, in Orono um, and uh, one of the um, most beautiful towns. And we have a bunch of great small business owners around there. Uh, and the times have been incredibly uh, challenging, whether we're talking about the uh, the Buttercup Hollow or Terrence or some of the other great businesses or the Fire Hall Bistro. Country Cafe. Uh, sorry? Said the yeah. Cafe, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, and uh, I actually, uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but we uh, worked with the uh, uh, the PTA of the uh, of the Orono Public School, um, and we uh, uh, we had Shop Wednesday. Uh, worked with Iva Levine, uh, and Iva and I were able to uh, actually contribute. And, and what was great is what we that those merchants not only were we able to uh, shepherd some people to come shop with them locally in our town on uh, on Wednesdays, but we were also 
uh, able to get them to donate even during these difficult times back to the Orno public. So what, what I'm saying, Wyatt, is that we need to, a small business is the very heart of our economy. We need to make sure that they are not um, in any way uh, disadvantaged during the lockdowns or otherwise. They should be the businesses we're promoting first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. Because as I mentioned, um, Walmart, Costco, their their profits are skyrocketing right now. And there's lots of small businesses who survived the first wave, but it's very uh, unlikely that they will survive the second wave. Yeah, no, you're you're absolutely there. Why you're absolutely right there. Why there are I, I've talked to uh, probably hundreds, if not thousands, of business owners, and the challenges through the second uh, pandemic are so much are so much worse. Um, there are government programs out there, but there's no um, there's no real or true substitute uh, for having your business open. Uh, that's what these uh, that's what these folks do. The entrepreneurs have put everything that they have into these businesses. They've uh, in many pace, cases mortgaged their homes. Uh, and put hours and hours and hours and really their entire lives are dedicated to these businesses. And we owe it to them to, uh, to get those vaccines to the provinces so that we can open up uh, the, we can open up safely our economy again. Okay. Um, right now, the conservatives are really struggling in the polls. And when I say struggling, I mean, they are still struggling, but it's down. Uh, they're not struggling nearly as much as they were in April. And I think it's partly due to the We Charity scandal, partly due to the Trudeau government's vaccine rollout plan. Um, because back in April, the, the Trudeau Liberals were up by almost 13 points. Now they're up by four points in the, in the majority of polls. So um, based, on the fa- uh, based on the fact that uh, the Liberals are still leading by about four points, do you believe that the Conservatives can still win the next election? Yeah, so I'll, I'll give you a line first of all from a from a prime minister that was uh, uh, that was uh, that was prime minister before both of us were born. White uh, and Diefenbaker said that uh, that polls are for dogs, um, and so um, I, I I tend to believe that. And yes, I, I definitely believe that uh, that uh, Aaron O'Toole will be the next prime minister of Canada, and that the Conservative Party will get a majority government. I think Canadians are are coming to the realization and and are aware um, that the that the Trudeau Liberals have let us down over and over again. They were slow Wyatt, to close the, the borders. They were slow to approve rapid testing. They still haven't approved, for the most part, at-home testing. Um, they, they have been behind on the vaccines. We're well behind. Uh, we have half as many vaccines per capita as uh, the United Kingdom. Um, Israel has, has nearly vaccinated their entire population. Uh, we continue to struggle. Um, Early leaders such as Taiwan and Singapore were able to successfully fend off the impacts of the virus. However, in Canada, we've been low, we've been we've been late, delayed, slow, and confused. I think Canadians will want a serious leader, uh, a leader who can guide them into the next uh, into the next new normal in the post-pandemic world, where we get our economy rolling again, get small businesses successful, get unemployment under control, and and make life more affordable for Canadians. And I, and I think that all those things you just said are, are top priority of most Canadians at this point. Uh, my next question is quite a long one, but uh, one thing that the Conservative Party really struggled with in the last election was their support in the province of Quebec. They only won uh, 10 out of the 78 available seats. What steps can be taken to grow their base in Quebec? Which party do you believe will be their biggest challenger? Um, and then from a personal standpoint, I do feel that Aaron O'Toole is going after uh, Quebec a bit better than Andrew Scheer did. Uh, not really in terms of the campaign, because he hasn't really started the campaign yet, but in terms of, you know, he appointed several members of his leadership team from Quebec, several 
uh, shadow ministers from Quebec. What are your responses to those? Yeah, so first of all, I would agree with you. I think Aaron's uh, been been very strong in Quebec. It starts with his French. He's he um, uh, he's excellent in French. I I by the way, just uh, for the viewers that are local, have been taking French now for over a year. Uh, mon français uh, c'est uh, ce n'est pas formidable, uh, mais uh, je uh, je suis SAA uh, très fort. I'm I'm working very hard to in, improve my French. Uh, so that I can help uh, help communicate with uh, with our francophones in our own riding and across the country. And it goes back actually to the leadership, Wyatt. If you look at the leadership results, uh, the reason why Aaron O'Toole is our leader right now is because of his unprecedented support in Quebec. Um, when, when you boil it down though, Quebecers are, are, uh, are have similar uh, wants and desires as the rest of Canadians. Um, they want to have, they want to have their, their lives back and how we get that back is by having Canadians vaccinated, everyone who wants a vaccine, get a vaccine. The best way to do that is to have an Aaron O'Toole government. And then post, uh, post-pandemic, uh, we need to have an economy that, uh, that supports and celebrates success um, and doesn't demonize our achievers, that promotes small business, that promotes our farmers, our agriculture, that allows Canadian small business owners and really business owners and employees all across this great land of ours to enable to have a, a, a prosperity and be able to give back to the community and be able to support their family. And I think Quebecers will realize that the, the way that they achieve that is by electing an Aaron O'Toole majority government. So yeah, um, the province of Quebec is actually, I would say a pretty conservative province. The problem why conservatives can't win a lot of seats there in past elections, uh, I would say, and I don't know if you would agree with me, but it's likely due to the bloc, right? They won um, 38 seats there, I believe in the last election, as opposed to uh, when Stephen Harper won a conservative government, he did well in Quebec. And um, and that was because the Bloc Quebecois only won, I believe it was three seats in that election cycle. So, um, I mean, again, Quebec's a pretty conservative province. It just, uh, you have to go at it strong to, to take conservative support away from Bloc support. Yeah, there, uh, there's some some truth to what you're saying there, Wyatt. And uh, uh, even uh, even before uh, Harper, uh, Brian Mulroney uh, won, uh, was very strong in Quebec. And uh, I believe that Aaron has the ability to uh, to, to have that type of success in Quebec. Um, when we uh, when we look at uh, when we look at the block, uh, I think Quebecers are increasingly becoming aware that uh, that because the block can never form government, they just structurally cannot do it. Their their ability to actually have impact on policies and legislation that will help Quebecers is is almost nil. So if uh, like the block can talk, uh, they can uh, speak in glowing rhetoric about support for Quebec, uh, but uh, having them as your representative um, is is really counterproductive to helping. Uh, helping Quebec because they can't form government. Whereas uh, with a conservative majority government, we can actually get changes, positive changes for Quebecers done. Okay, and uh, sorry about this. Um, what are your thoughts on um, the potentiality of a spring election? 
I, I think it's clear, pretty clear that the Trudeau Liberals want a spring election. I can tell you that uh, from the Conservative side and personally, uh, my viewpoint is that we should uh, we should get through the pandemic. Um, there'll be plenty of times for election uh, once we have the majority of Canadians vaccinated and we've headed towards back to a new normal. This is not the time for an election, but we see, uh, we just saw on, on social media just today posted uh, uh, virtual election signs were, were going up for the, for the Liberal government. Um, all, all the signs are there that Trudeau has mentioned it uh, numerous times. Uh, so there's no doubt that Prime Minister Trudeau wants an election. Um, and so he, as, as the governing power, he will likely have the ability to do so. Um, and so uh, we, like I said, it, we, we do not want a spring election. I'll put that clearly on the record. Um, and uh, we, uh, we would call upon uh, Prime Minister Trudeau to focus on COVID-19 and not on politics. So uh, Mar uh, Michelle Rempelgarner rather um, said that uh, she thinks that Justin Trudeau is wanting an election because um, by the time September, uh, spring election rather, because by the time September and October comes along, Canadians are going to realize that Justin Trudeau's vaccine rollout plan has not been successful. And, and so um, Prime Minister Trudeau wants an election in the spring because he knows that uh, Canadians are going to realize that. Would you agree with that? Um, I, so what uh, I, I would uh, I would agree and I would add on um, that uh, unfortunately uh, and uh, I hope for for Canada's sake that I'm I'm incorrect in this but um, it it looks as though the vaccine plan is well behind and as I said a number of the uh, countries are uh, are are literally twice or three times further uh, per capita in their vaccinations. The other part I would add is the economic plan. Um, of course, Canada has spent uh, the most amount of money um, during the COVID per capita of any of the G7 countries. However, we have the highest unemployment. Um, and so we have a massive deficit and a massive debt and a slowing, uh, continuing staggering slow economy, um, uh, which will be challenged to pay off this debt going forward. So not only, of of course, the first and foremost is always the health of Canadians, but we also have economic concerns. Um, and I think Trudeau uh, is probably somewhat aware of his of his failures, both on the health and the economic side. So yes, that could be driving him towards an election. Okay, and uh, my final question today, what should the government be doing on the um, Canadians who are stuck in China right now? Yeah, so uh, I mean, that really goes back to a bigger picture. They, the Chinese need to see, the Chinese government, the communist Chinese government needs to see that in Canada, we have a strong principled leader. Uh, and really that man is Aaron O'Toole. And I have full confidence that if Aaron is elected as prime minister, uh, he will be able to have a significant impact on the negotiations. There are, um, there are, um, there are policy steps that we can take, concrete policy steps, such as the initiation of the Magnitsky, um, the Magnitsky um, sanctions and other steps that we can put pressure on it. But we should be putting maximum pressure on the Chinese Communist government, both with respect to bringing home the two Michaels, and in addition to that, also making sure we protect the free people of Hong Kong. Okay, and sorry, one more question. Why should people vote for you in uh, the next federal election? 
That's a great question. And, uh, and, and so thanks very much for that, White. I will continue to strive and push uh, for policies that bring back jobs to Northumberland, Peterborough South, that allows our economy to get, get going. I will work with Aaron O'Toole to improve and make the vaccination plan better um, so that we can open up the economy quicker. I'll continue to push and fight for rural Canadians. Rural Canadians, uh, which is a large portion of our riding, have been left out by their true government. Things like the carbon tax disproportionately hurt people in rural areas. We'll continue to push for agriculture and for rural areas, such as my private members bill. And uh, finally, but perhaps most importantly, I will, uh, regardless of whether you're a Green Party member, a, an NDP or a Liberal, I will uh, fight for Northumberland, Peterborough South and for you uh, and provide you with the best constituency service uh, in, in Canada. And we'll continue to do that. And uh, uh, you might know, uh, we actually have our Green Party candidate, uh, Jeff Wielden, um, who actually uh, works with us and our team. And so we're completely committed um, to taking in all opinions and all thoughts and bringing the best of them to Ottawa. And more importantly, bringing the best of Ottawa back to Northumberland, Peterborough South. Great. Thank you very much, Phil, for uh, joining me today. Thanks, White. Have a great day. Thank you.